0: I'm Ennis. I'm Carly Charnay Webb. And you're in the transporter room. This week, Carly and I reunite with a cast member. Although Carly hasn't worked with this person, we all used to work for the mouse. Carly was at ESPN, I was at ABC, and former ABC correspondent and huge Star Wars fan, Clayton Sendell, beams up from Denver. We're very excited to talk to him about being a trans ally, about his fandom, and about the crazy business that Carly and I used to toil in, and now we work in online journalism. Also, if you're listening to us on all of the platforms that Outsports has, we also invite you to watch us on the Outsports YouTube channel, where you can look at the beautiful Carly Chardonnay Webb, Dawn Ennis, her co host and get to see the amazing office Clayton Sandell has converted out of a laundry room. <laughs> That's a real treat coming up. Hey, Carly, what's in the news?
1: Well, there's a lot in the news. Um, one of the things was something actually you wrote that you wrote about. It seems I, guess I know
0: about that one.
1: <laughs> well, it seems like Glad's gotten into it. And when Glad gets into the situation, stuff tends to move there. They have. Well, according to your article, they have basically, they're putting more pressure on the NCAA and they're saying, like, start denying these championships and start denying them now.
0: It's a letter that was a one-two punch. The first letter, teamed up with Athlete Ally, sends the message that the NCAA should not be rewarding states that pass anti-transgender laws with championships, which are coming up in the softball world. Division I softball tournaments are going to be announced this weekend, and the NCAA is being put on notice, if you put it, in the following states. Let's make sure we get the list right here. Alabama, Arkansas, Florida, Tennessee, and Texas. Not all those states have passed laws, but Florida and Texas seem to be on the verge. They're telling those states and all seven states, Idaho, Mississippi, West Virginia, South Dakota, those states should not be rewarded with championships. But that's not all, Carly. GLAAD is also teaming up with Freedom for All Americans, Texas Competes, Nashville LGBT Chamber. They're all working together to put out polling and corporate statements showing that any state that passes anti-transgender laws faces an economic backlash. They're going to put them on notice that their economic future is in danger. I think hitting him in the pocketbook is the best way to get a message across. What do you think?
1: It never hurts. And if there's one thing that's very lucrative for these areas, the NCAA championships, they bring fan, they're bringing fans, regardless of sport, fans come and they spend money. They're in your hotels, they're eating at your restaurants. Hitting them in the pocketbook, best way to go about it. And one of those states, especially, and one of those states, especially Texas, given the number of given the number of teams, especially in this coming softball tournament, which are contending teams, including the University of Texas. I don't think that the that the University of Texas Longhorn softball team want to be denied an opportunity to force the road to Oklahoma City to go through Austin and be told, no, you're going to have to go elsewhere because of these laws. I mean, if there's one thing that a lot of these schools covet. It's those home bids because you earn them during a season. You earn, and not only
0: that, you get you get your home fans, you get your home businesses some money. This is a big deal.
1: Yes, the economic the economic impact even from the softball regionals is like twenty to thirty million dollars for the thirty dollars when you extrapolate the number of times the money turns over. I also mentioned Texas because of something that's happened in Texas as of late. There was a bill that died in Texas. Senate Bill 29 that would have that it, it would ban transgender participation in high school competition in Texas. Um, this bill died. And it was revived by Representative Harold Dutton, Houston-based Texas Democratic representative. And it was revived because Harold Dutton wanted to play game, wants to play a game of political retaliation. For a bill that was killed by a number of his co- of his colleagues, which would have given state control of the of the Houston school district, the largest in the state, in exchange for not allowing for this state state the, the state control, which really would have been privatization. The state was going to be working with an educational consortium with some private educational company. It would have possibly been a privatization. A lot of Democrats were against it. They ended up killing the bill. Harold Dutton, in in retaliation, worked with a group of Republican legislators to revive Senate Bill 29. Now, I know someone from Houston, and so do you, who- God rest your soul. Rest in power. Who, who, Representative Dutton, the ghost of Monica Roberts will haunt you Hmm. for a long time to come. If she was still alive, you'd definitely be getting a shut up fool award. You'd definitely be getting
0: it. The conservative fools, even if the yeah, Democrats. The
1: conservative, no, you're a even conservative Democrats. fool. No. <laughs> Representative Dutton, you realize you're not invited to the cookout.
0: <laughs> I'm really picked, surprised. You know, and it's mean spirited.
1: Representative Dutton, Monica Roberts is going to haunt you for a long time to come. You would have gotten the shut up fool word for this. This was horrible. I mean, this is not what I had in mind in terms of reaching across the aisle. This is mean spirited and cruel to add to what's already been mean spirited and cruel in Texas. Let let's talk about House Bill 1646, which which would basically tell a parent who affirms their child they're a child abuser in the eyes of the laws of the state of Texas. It's it's shameful. All these bills are shameful. 120 bills across 33 states, Don.
0: I hear you. I hear you. It's all in the news. And, you know, someone who really, I miss his daily reports covering the news. Clayton Sandell. He is a former ABC News correspondent and a friend. I used to produce for him. I also worked with him on Good Morning America when I was at the assignment desk. Let's set coordinates for Denver, Colorado, Carly. Energize. You know, I wasn't sure if we'd be able to beam up somebody from the Star Wars universe.
2: (laughs) I know that it's that cross-platforming thing. Yeah. (laughs) Clayton, it's great to see you again, to talk
0: to you again. Full disclosure, Clayton and I worked together at ABC. And when I say work together, it meant I would call him in the middle of the night and tell him he has to go someplace. And I would go. Yeah, you would go, but you would grumble. And rightfully so, because I was waking you up. Also, I was very fortunate to sometimes be his producer for Good Morning America. I enjoyed working with you so much, and I was sorry to leave ABC, and I'm even more
2: sorry that you have decided to retire. Will you tell us a little bit about that? Well, it was uh, not exactly by choice. We were kind of swept up in the the, the round of pandemic-related layoffs, and I think that... um, you know even though more people are home watching tv and and ratings and revenues seem to be up uh, you know the the parks are still closed mostly the uh movie theaters aren't selling tickets espn got really hard and hit really hard and i think it just finally trickled down to abc so um it was uh, however i think a, a blessing in disguise there are a lot of things that i've wanted to do um, that that i'd been thinking about and had been coming up on my Uh, 20 years at abc last september so it was just kind of a um a confluence of of things that uh that meant that uh yeah i I left my last day was in it was in february so looking for the next right thing trying to be picky as as picky as possible uh to, to find something that i believe in and and something that i think would be fun to do so uh that's, yeah, it's on to, on to the next adventure. And and I was in really good company. There were a lot of really talented people that uh, had been at ABC for a long time uh, that also uh, got the axe when I did. So um, I, I wasn't alone. So, you know, it's just, it's one of those things. Didn't take it personally. You can't take it personally when it's, you know, a big corporation like that. So um, yeah, onward and upward, as they say. Exactly. Well, all three of us then share something in common, which is we are
0: ex-cast mem- members because Carly was at ESPN, and a very similar financial situation at ESPN yeah. resulted in her separation from the company, as I like to say. There you
2: go. Yeah, it ha- it happens, and uh, and you you find you find the next adventure and make the best of it.
1: And I must say, I've enjoyed that next adventure right now. I get to work with. I get to work with Don Ennis, dun. <laughs> dun, dun, dun. <laughs> 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 but no Clayton, looking looking back at your career, and you've had the opportunity since being at ABC News starting in two thousand to see really, um, from the ground floor, definitely one of the most groundbreaking, breaking. I mean, historically groundbreaking news operation at ABC News going all the way back to the original creation of world news tonight in Rune Arledge to Mm -hmm. now you've, you've had an opportunity to do a lot of great things. What's the best hard news thing you feel you've done and the best features off the beaten track thing you feel you've done?
2: You know, uh, there's so many, I, gosh, I, I would say, you know, a lot of the, the, the best parts about this job is that you get to meet, uh, such a wide range of people in such a wide range of situations. Some people you're meeting on the worst day of their lives. Some people you're meeting uh, on the best day of their lives. And, uh, you know, as far as sort of the big stories that I got to cover, um, I I really enjoyed covering uh, the disappearance of MH370. I went to Malaysia and Australia for that. I was gone on the road for like a month. Um, flying with the Royal New Zealand uh, air force doing search missions and, and all sorts of different things. Um, you know, th- those things are, and, and of course things like uh, wildfires um, across the West, I've covered more wildfires than I can, than I can possibly remember. Um, but each one of them a little bit different and, and affecting their communities in different ways. And uh, some of them, incredibly heartbreaking. Um, And then I was thinking of, you know, it's not all bad. It is a lot of natural disasters. It's a lot of, uh, you know, mass shootings, frankly. Uh, Aurora. I remember Aurora. Aurora. Yeah. The Mm. morning of Aurora. Um, I I was out there fairly early that morning. Yes, Um, you were. And I, you know, but so it's, it's a lot of bad stuff. It's a lot, you know, people doing bad things to each other, but uh, I I was actually thinking about a really uh, fun, quirky story that was that was kind of fun and uplifting the other day there was a story I don't know if you remember this Don we did a story on uh stolen valor so the the original story that we did had to do with a guy that had had gotten in trouble for going to an army surplus store purchasing some medals, and then claiming to be a combat veteran claiming to have uh military credentials that he didn't have so obviously he got in trouble for that so as part of our story uh, producer uh, Carol McKinley and I went down to Colorado Springs and we went to an army surplus store just to demonstrate how easy it is to buy uh, medals like these prestigious metals like purple hearts and you know service crosses and all, all sorts of different things and so we ended up buying a purple heart for like 10 or 15 bucks so we did the story showed how easy it was to buy a purple heart and at the end of that, Carol and I are standing there and we're looking on the back of this purple heart and it's got a name on there. And it's it's the name of the guy's name was Taft Joseph. And just as a on a lark really, we we decided to see if we could find out who owned this purple heart. And so uh, I started making some phone calls, Carol and I started doing some research and uh I got Taft Joseph on the phone. He lived in uh, Overland Park, Kansas. And he thought i was a telemarketer so he kept hanging up on me i'm i'm trying to call him telling him i think i've found your purple heart and he's thinking who is this guy hang up hang up hang up so i called i we you know through our research we had found some of his relatives and uh we reached out to his brother and i i explained the whole thing to his brother and he said okay i'll find out i'll i'll make the call for you and uh turns out taf joseph had moved from one house to another years and years ago and in the process of the move the box with his purple heart had gotten lost and he had no idea where it had gone and he had his medals on display in the uh entryway of his house in kansas and there was a purple heart but he always used to tell people That's not my real purple heart. That's not the real purple heart. So Carol and I were able to go to Overland Park, Kansas, return this purple heart to him. And then we made that a a whole story, I think for World News Tonight. Uh, So, you know, there's a lot of bad stuff, but every once in a while, you get a really fun kind of heartwarming story. And of course the Star Wars stories were always fun too.
0: And ladies and gentlemen, that's what made Clayton Sendell and still makes Clayton Sendell a great journalist because he saw an opportunity and he said, there's a story and there's another story, and then there's another story. Great job. I did oh. notice, Carly, have you noticed there's something unusual, Clayton, behind you? I'm sure the people who are watching us on YouTube instead of just listening, may have noticed there's something behind you that tells us a little bit more about you besides being a journalist.
2: Yeah, you might you might guess uh, that, I, that I, I'm a bit of a Star Wars geek. Um, a bit? Was, uh, a little yeah, bit, <laughs> a little <I> was... bit. <laughs> That looks like the that looks like
1: the combined income senior fleet systems museum behind you.
0: (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, this is why
2: you watch us on YouTube, folks. Exactly. And and most of this stuff was like lying around. My son would play with it. And then uh, during the pandemic, finally decided I was going to paint the wall, get a few nails from the hardware store and put it on the wall and actually actually organize it. Carly, and it's in I your office, not the living room. This, no, this is my this is this is my basement. Yeah, uh, right <laughs> over there is the washer and dryer. I'm I'm relegated to to the laundry room mm-hmm. uh, office. Uh, yeah, no, no, it, this is the only place my wife lets me put this. Up. <laughs> I was gonna, I was gonna say, um, I have a feeling there's a wife yeah. in this. <laughs> yeah, exactly, exactly. But yeah, no, I you know. Um, Carly, I know you're a big Star Wars fan. I don't know how old you were when you saw the first movie. I was four, and it just locked itself into my DNA, and uh, you know, just just never That's looked what's back. That's wild. I so. was no, you're talking
1: about the original, the yeah. original New Hope. I was six. Okay. Are yeah, you some people?
0: Oh my God, I was thirteen. Okay, <laughs> I'm the old person here, and let me just remind everyone, you kids out there, the very first time I saw it in 1977, it was not called Episode Four: A New Hope. It was right. just star wars Wars. yeah star
1: wars but it started with episode four
0: no it didn't they re-edited it that was something they added in later yeah yeah okay uh, okay i can can run with that yeah because you know listen lucas
2: loves to go back and fiddle with things (laughs) yeah it's been it's been uh it's been a fun sort of side, I, I call it my side hustle. Star Wars was always my side hustle because I was always doing, you know, the regular hard news stuff and then uh, and then was able to do a, star, a fun Star Wars story every once in a while.
1: I saw what you did for on Rogue One, which is pretty awesome. Mm-hmm. I, in fact, I've seen a lot of your Star Wars work. That's how I know your name more than anything else. <laughs> was the Star Wars stuff you've done, which was, right. which was very impressive. But I'm just wondering, let's say somebody, let's say... Let's say Mace Windu comes along and hands you a briefcase and says, here's the keys to any Star Wars vehicle you want. You can pick one. Which one would you take?
2: Oh, man. You know, it's hard. It's hard not to. It's hard to beat the Falcon. It's hard to beat the Falcon. But, you know, I uh, we were talking about the the fighters a little while ago. I, I'm a big fan of the of the A-Wing there on the wall. It's it's like the it feels like the the Porsche of, you know, sp- space vehicles um you know even better than the x-wing it seems faster more maneuverable uh, all of that stuff so it, it i guess it depends on the mood if you're kind of in the going on a long road trip you got to go with the falcon right but uh if you're just tooling around uh tooling around your favorite uh, you know the indoor system or something i i might go i might go with an a-wing let me tell our listeners and the viewers on youtube if you don't know what kind of a
0: geek clayton is watch his tour on the website that we link to in our comments, of Disneyland's Galaxy's Edge, yeah, Clayton shows us the authentic tracks that R2D2 uh, left in the desert and how they've been recreated. He goes up to some of the props that are there and he sees binoculars and he sees uh, the the helmets and he has such great deep inside knowledge. I love that you're not only a um, tour guide of that on
2: that on that thing, but also a participant you even uh, fixed the millennium falcon at one point so many crazy details that they worked in that uh, that are that are really some some deep cuts for for star wars fans that was that was a lot of fun but you know here's the here's the secret so when that when star wars galaxy's edge was being built um I was actually there during the construction phase when it was still there was no c- concrete poured everything was dirt and I actually walked into the rise of the resistance ride and s- kind of walked through it but I've never been back when it's been open. So I still haven't ridden Rise of the Resistance, even though I was, oh. I was inside of it, I saw it during construction, but uh, sadly uh, I've never been on it yet. The pandemic and everything else is just- Yeah, uh, it's true. So, so tell
0: years. me this, if if you're a, the Star Wars fan, I think you are, mm-hmm. what's your opinion about um, going back and, and adding special effects to some of the movies and the way that Star Wars has evolved from the first trilogy the last trilogy
2: do you have an opinion on uh, how star wars has changed in your lifetime you know it's uh as far as going back and changing things i kind of feel like and i've always kind of felt this way this this was george lucas's candy store right and he was the guy i i will forever be grateful for him to for for introducing us to this world and to these films and uh, and to these stories and characters and and ideas right the the idea of of, of good versus evil and light versus dark and taking the mm-hmm. right path and helping your friends and, and all of that. Um, so I, I really, I don't, it doesn't bother me particularly, you know, when, when he goes back and, and changes thing, the, the thing that sort of stands out for me or stood out most for me over the years was the hand shot first. That seems to be the, you know, that, that seemed to be the most illogical of, of some of these choices, um, and, and perplexing personally, but, but again, you know, if he, if he wants to do it, it's, it's his to play with. And, uh, you know, I still somewhere, I think in my, uh, filing cabinet in there, have some of the old original unaltered, uh, VHS tapes. Brought. So, Same. so I really want to go back <laughs> makes three yeah. of us. Yeah. <laughs> so if I, if we really want to go back, we can pop those in from time to time. And, uh um, you know, it's been so long now since he's made some of these changes. Uh I go back um about a year ago I think I looked at the original Star Wars just to see how different it is and it's really different. Oh yeah. Uh you forget how many how many changes have been made and there's some people on YouTube that have done sort of comparisons over the years. So I I really don't mind if he wants to if he wants to change it every once in a while it, it's you know we and still the, the ha- new- we still have it.
0: And the new incarnations as far as the the last Jedi and rise of Skywalker Mandalorian
2: still a fan. Oh, yeah. Yeah, definitely. Um, I, I liked the sequel trilogy. Um, I, I, they, I loved the last Jedi. Um, I, I liked all of them Were were they my favorites? No, but, uh, but I, you know, I still appreciated them on, on some level, the shows, the TV show Mandalorian, uh, has been fantastic and I have really enjoyed it. It's, um, Something we as a family came together on Fridays, you know, to to watch it. So that was fun. I, I like the fact that my son, who is seven, and even my daughter, who is uh a cynical 17, uh we we would all sit down and watch it on Friday. And so that's been that's been a lot of fun. I'm looking forward to the ones coming. Uh I loved the standalone movies. Rogue One was absolutely oh. one of my- Favorites? Yes. Very um, good. After
0: Empire enjoyed... and Star Wars, the original, it's my third favorite movie.
2: Yeah, absolutely. So so because of that, I'm I'm really eager to see what they do with um with the Andor series and uh Diego Luna coming back, which will be awesome. Um so yeah, there's I th- I think there's a lot to love, and there's a lot, you know, you don't the thing is there's so many on-ramps to the star wars highway these days that you don't have to love it all if you're not a fan of the ar- animations or the cartoons that's okay that's cool uh some people are and and you know uh my i had a a sort of you know almost like such a odd reaction to seeing jar jar binks for the first time like i just just didn't feel like mm-hmm. star wars didn't fit but my son one of his favorite characters so you you got to remember the the philosophy behind all of this that george lucas said you know this is this is for like eight to 12 year olds this is this is what this universe was created for so you gotta you gotta remember that and keep your keep your perspective and it's all good
1: I i saw i saw the star wars universe has something for everybody yeah and exactly. it just kind of and it just evolved it evolved with the times and involved with the fan base in a lot of ways like I still I will always love the original I'll always love that original three yep. especially especially original Star Wars and Empire because those were I mean at the beginning those were just those are paying a homage to like those old 1940s and 1950s just action sequels you know you go in you pay 25 cents and you get two hours of really good mind candy until yeah. you until you got to that second film and realized there was a lot of deep things to that mind candy and until you got the Empire then realized, okay there's some deeper things to it um, as far as I'm just want Clayton in what you're trying to do next and what what you're considering if you got a call from Lucasfilm, if you got a call from Jor, from Lucas film you picking that phone up
2: I you know I would probably have purchased my airline ticket and would be there before even you know answering the phone. Yeah, I absolutely. Yeah, for sure. Yeah, if there was the right fit, uh it's one of those places that from the the moment um that movie hit the screen, you know, when and return of the Jedi left the screens, I was I was still into it. I I kind of pivoted to to wanting to learn more and know more about how the movies were made over the years so I was a big behind the scenes geek and you know uh, the, the models and the visual effects and all of that stuff I really kind of steeped myself in a lot of that lore so I have a deep appreciation for the the creators and the the yeah everybody from from the artists to the to of course John Williams and the music and the the behind the scenes creators the creature builders all of that stuff would be um something that i would love to to dip a toe into if uh, if they ever asked so if you're listening lucasfilm i'm here
0: i'll i'll have to call george after this yeah. um <laughs> hey, of, of, of the stories you've told about star wars which one is your favorite
2: oh my gosh um well, there was a whole bunch of stories around Rogue One. I kind of felt like Rogue One was the first time, you know, I had been to some of the fan conventions, I had covered fan films and things like that, but Rogue One was the first time that I was asked and, and was lucky enough to to interview the cast of a Star Wars film, to interview uh, some of the, the, the artists behind it. Uh, so that one was kind of a personal milestone for me. Um, I, really, really loved it. Uh, there was so much, it was like the first time it, covering that it was the first time we went up to Skywalker ranch, for example. Um, so there was just many, many firsts for me. So I'll never forget it, uh, because of that. But, uh, you know, a lot of the, a lot of the smaller stories too. And there was the, uh, a story that I did on a kid named Nicholas, whose dad, he and his dad would, would dress up. They were in the 501st, the costuming group. Uh, and uh, Nicholas, uh, unfortunately, he, he was very young and got sick and passed away. And his dad um, carries on his his legacy and his work through a, through a foundation where they, they raise money and they go to dre- they dress up in their costumes and they go to hospitals. And it was just a a really touching story and and, and an example of just how this galaxy kind of brings people together and, and you can you can meet somebody that you 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 have, may have zero in common with but if you find out they're a Star Wars fan like there's instantly this connection and it happens with people all over the world and it's uh, it's it's cool to watch and so you know, the, some of those smaller smaller, really personal stories were, were fun too, it's sort of in that Star Wars orbit. But, uh, you know, just just talking about the fandom and the humanity of the fandom, for the most part, it's, it's certainly not a perfect <laughs> space at the moment, but, uh, but there's a lot of good in it. Whoa, there's the alert sound. No, it doesn't mean the Millennium
0: Falcon's hyperdrive is disconnected. C-3PO says it's time for a break. We'll be right back with more Transporter Room, including Clayton Sandell, Carly, and I recast Star Wars with the folks from ABC News. Stay with us. And you're back in the Transporter Room. Our guest this week is Clayton Sandell. I'm Dawn Ennis with Carly Webb. And you know it's hard being a journalist and a fan because I know I've interviewed yeah. all the cast members of Star Trek Discovery. Yeah. And I have to like, you know, turn off the fan and that fan girl, I'm talking to Anthony Rapp or, you know, Doug Jones. But if you could ask Mark Hamill or any of the other um, living Star Wars actors, since you're a journalist, what question would you ask? My problem would be, I'd want to ask Mark Hamill, do you ever get the Tashi Station? <laughs> yeah, right. Exactly. It's so
2: hard. It's so hard because there's no. I feel like there's no question anymore that they haven't been asked uh, a million times. And uh, and I'll I'll divert just slightly by saying that when I finally uh, had a chance to meet Harrison Ford, one of the things that I decided to to focus on was more his his the pilot aspect of his life, aviation. I right. He's a- actually a pilot he is yeah, that's, yeah. And that's what's a good one sometimes he crashes <laughs> yeah exactly he yeah right and so uh so you know I uh, saw him and I we we have uh a, a mutual friend here in Colorado another another pilot friend that he flies with occasionally and uh and so that was sort of my my in you know, I decided to uh instead of asking him a Star Wars question which I kind of feel like he's very um kind of gruff and kind of indifferent about uh we started talking about aviation and that was like uh this great you know chat and that sort of entree into into his world and something he was excited about so that that yeah it's so tough because they've all been asked uh these questions over and over over the years yeah
1: well one thing i want to ask you in your 20 let's say you got if you got a mission saying we want to remake the original star wars using entirely abc news people that you've worked <laughs> with the last 20 years how would you cast episode four world news tonight
2: oh boy that's a that's a good one um episode four world news tonight um let's see well you need your luke right so you need your Luke, so I, I guess that would have to be, you know, the prominent. I, I guess you'd have to go with a, with David Muir. Yeah, I agree with that. See, I, I could see you,
0: Muir as Solo.
2: I can, <laughs> I can <laughs> oh, really work with solo David. Be. I'm not sure
0: that would work, but okay. <laughs>
2: <laughs> no, I think Solo would have to be Matt Gutman for yeah, sure. Matt yeah, Matt Gutman
0: for sure. He's the yeah. he's the rebel. He's the he's yeah. the jump off the cliff kind of guy. <laughs> yeah, exactly,
2: exactly. Gosh,
0: if you're doing Empire Strikes Back, you could have George Stephanopoulos play Yoda.
2: Oh, for sure! Oh, no doubt! Yeah, yeah, yeah. Triangulation, you shall. <laughs> Without question, and I think uh, I think Robin would have to be Princess Leia because oh, uh, sure. she's just—I mean, she is ABC royalty. I think. I mean, there's nobody no, nobody like her. Um, Robin,
1: Robin. See, now having worked with Robin at ESPN, I'd agree.
2: Yeah, yeah. she's amazing. Yeah, uh, one of my favorite people. Yeah, absolutely. We, we covered, I I was her uh, field producer on the West front of the US Capitol during Barack Obama's uh, inauguration in 2009 and uh, our duty was to try and find uh, famous faces in the crowd that we could put on our special events coverage that was happening on ABC but what was so funny is that Robin was so much bigger a celebrity in a lot of ways than most of that, that celebrities were coming up to her <laughs> to she's just, it was so fast funny. and she's of the she, story yeah. yeah she she of course handled it uh as graceful as she, always oh, she is yeah. amazing yeah, so what was that like
1: probably. by the way to be a producer on on such a day as that that wasn't just i mean one thing inaugurations are always history yeah but this is probably the most Certainly, the most historical inauguration in my lifetime, to me in my mind, is seeing seeing the first president in the history of this nation that looks like me.
2: Yeah, you you talk about uh journalists talk about um having a, a front row seat to history. And I if I were to pick a, a single day out of my entire 20 plus uh ABC News career, that day would probably be the one that stands out the most because it it was. There was uh an energy in the air and, uh, and an optimism and an excitement and a a sense of um, uh, uh, trepidation is not the right word, but just, just a sense of anticipation for what was coming that, that I just uh, had never experienced before uh, in a, in a new setting like that. And I, I don't think I've experienced it since it was, it was incredible. We were standing down there and we weren't, close up we were sort of halfway back the crowd that was on the sort of ground level um but uh yeah the the sense of of optimism among the people that were there which who of course were supporters of his but uh was was just electric and like i said any any, no other day professional career day compares to that one I want our listeners and
0: people watching on YouTube to understand, Clayton is not just an esteemed journalist, not just a Star Wars geek, but he's a trans ally. He and I are both friends of the only other transgender on-camera reporter in America, besides me, Eden Lane. And Clayton, I was wondering if you could tell us how you know Eden.
2: Eden and I, uh, having worked in in the same sort of orbit, um, got to be friends. I admired uh, her coverage of the local Denver theater scene. Nobody was doing that uh, in in the in the in the depth and scope uh, that she was, and and I don't think um, anyone has sense. I mean, there's there's. Uh, she was able to do it with a real passion and so we just we kind of just became friends online and then uh we've had uh lunch uh in the past and we have been tried to make plans to get together again and of course uh you know the last year plus has kind of been not great for meeting uh people in person but uh but yeah i i have uh uh been a big fan of hers and kind of cheer her on i know uh, you know she's 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 really working it and and doing great <laughs> great work and and you know up against all kinds of challenges which uh, which which I applaud her for for taking on but yeah she's great I'm I'm a big fan of her work
0: same here and I'm um, very fortunate to have met her in real life on a cross country trip I made a detour to Denver just to meet her oh nice And uh, okay. we we want we want Eden to um you know keep following that dream I tell her all the yeah. time every day you're in a newsroom you're making a difference and. It shocks me that there are no other transgender on-camera reporters besides Eden and myself. It's crazy.
1: Oh, by the way, Eden, Eden, we want to beam you up. Oh yeah, yeah, we're calling you. We're (laughs) we're we're calling you out. We want to beam you up because I've heard of Eden, but I've never actually, I've never, I've never saw them report yet. And I would, and there's somebody I would want to meet. Absolutely, and so. Hey, let's that make be, this happen.
2: That would be a great appearance. That would, that would be a really good one. No, she, it, it's true and uh it's it's uh hopefully we'll see more uh more people sort of following her path. I think um and and it's and and I know this is I'm not saying anything revolutionary, here, but it is also not just Getting people on camera, but it's it's the decision makers. It's the in people the news decide, room, exactly. It's the people that decide what stories are going to be covered. That uh, where you you also have to have that that representation. So hopefully there'll be some inroads there, as well. It's just um, it, it's it's two parts of the same coin. It's a great but way to end. Well, you know,
1: it. you have to be in the room where it happens, right? That's yeah, right.
2: Exactly. Clayton Sandell, thank you for taking time
0: out of your Star Wars life, and we wish you the very best. I know that you're going to end up. In a much better position, and um, uh, George, George, give him a call. He's available. Yeah, call him, George. Yeah, George, call me. I'm and here. While,
1: and while you're at it, call Dawn and I. We want to have a, we want to have a spot we'll drive in the next year somewhere. We'll what? Drive you
0: to Skywalker Ranch. Hey,
1: I want to be that. <laughs> I want to be the extra X-wing pilot in some in some series seri- somewhere.
2: Yeah, yeah. I I was gonna say you don't even need to see my face. I'll put on a big rubber mask and stand in the background. <laughs> yeah. That's fine. No problem. I'll, I'll see, uh, no, I am I'm okay with you. I'll watch you guys.
0: I'll pay money and I'll eat popcorn. I want to be in Star Trek. That's my goal. <laughs> I want to be in both. Okay, live well, long but- and prosper, Clayton. Yeah, yeah, thank you very much. Uh,
1: and may the, and, and you. May, bo- may the force be with you. May the force be with you
2: as oh with you as well. Thank you so much for having me on. It was a real treat, guys. Carly, set the coordinates. Denver, Colorado, beam them back
0: down to the Star Wars universe. See you, you later. Guys. We're all clear, kid. Let's blow this
1: thing and go home. Energize. <laughs> Give the Wookiee a medal.
0: <laughs> I'm so glad we had Clayton on our show.
1: I am too. Don, thank you for this. This was a good idea. Clayton is really cool. Excellent reporter. and. I'll bet he's going to land on his feet into something even better. And, and wouldn't I'll, that be and, great you know, if he was
0: in uh, Lucasfilm?
1: <laughs> hey, I wouldn't mind. I hey, almost said Imagine George, Entertainment. That's Ron George, Howard. Call. <laughs> George, call this guy. I mean, some future, some future um, one-off film. I mean, he could play like you know, the uh, public news. Or you could do. Or
0: he could do. Something. He could do press for them too. You know, I also want to do uh, what you recommended. I want to extend an invitation to Eden Lane. Let's have her on the show too.
1: I'm for it. Eden, come on the show. Three I'm ex- them. Can I about this about this crazy mixed up business we're in. I'm all for it, please come on, Eden, please. please. I
0: am so excited to be watching uh, this Jupiter show. Have you heard about this thing? this new thing? I've just started checking that out. Yeah, me too. I'm just I'm it's too, too early that, for me to say anything, but I'm excited about it.
1: I'm like I'm looking I'm very interested in what it looks like. i've I've at least pawed at it. I've looked at the trailer. But yeah, it definitely has my interest. And what will be a summer, a a good summer for sci-fi. There's a lot of interesting projects coming down the pipe.
0: I'm excited and Foundation by Isaac Asimov. That looks fantastic. There's so many new crazy things. Well, Carly, that's it for this week. I'm looking forward to talking to you next week. Asimov, live long and prosper. Steady as she goes. See you next week.